0: Oh, should we get cracking we absolutely should so hi everyone and welcome back to mama social the podcast i am lauren and i am kaylee and
1: today we are joined with the beautiful mia from celebrate celebrate sleep with mia who is a sleep consultant coach just an absolute wizard on anything and everything sleep with your child and focusing on the mom so yeah we're just gonna go through who Mia is and chit chat away. So Mia, first off, let's give everybody a little whistle stop tour on who you are, what you do, family situation. The floor is yours.
2: Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, So I am a baby and toddler sleep coach and I'm a mum to two little ones. So my youngest is two and my eldest is just about to turn four. So I have, I'm in it with like, I just know how when you've got young kids, how sort of they're your everything and they just sort of,
1: yeah.
2: it's a whole new world, really, like when you become a mum with little ones. its It was a big shock to me as well, sort of, with it all. And my second was, um he was a terrible sleeper. Mm-hmm. And I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> and, it, and it is because you're like, what do you do? Like, how do you help them? And I had no idea because I was actually, I was a primary school teacher before, I decided, so before COVID. And then with him, I was like, I need to go back to work, but I don't want to go back to work because I can't do this. I'm barely sleeping. I'm barely functioning as it is, running around with a toddler and a baby on, like, no sleep, what to do? Um, And that's how Celebrate Sleep with Mia was born because I was stuck in that rabbit hole of going into the internet, trying to figure it all out, and just everything was contradicting it what you research and like every saying no you need to do it this way or this way and then you have people who sort of start mum shaming you as well because how dare you think of doing the sleep training or anything like that and you're like oh gosh what do I what do I do so my whole purpose is to help take all that anxiety and overwhelm away for parents and help support and guide them in a way that they're comfortable with and sort of help them get With their like, with help them with their little ones sleep through the night, and so that they can get the sleep that they need as well. So they can kind of they can be the parent that they want to be, and sort of do everything that they'd like to start doing again.
1: Do you find that it's quite a generational thing, like when people are having an opinion, a negative opinion about sleep training?
2: I think it's an interesting one because the older generations, they generally just tend to be like, just let them, just leave them to it. They'll just let them cry and just leave it. And then I'm thinking like, oh, but no, that just doesn't quite feel right with, yeah. I just can't do that. And then you've got, there's, cause there's the whole, there's a no sleep training camp and the sleep training camp, and they are such at opposite ends to each other. And it's finding something that, you're comfortable with and making a decision because sometimes you need the sleep. Sometimes, you know, particularly mental health is really impacted on by sleep. And for me particularly, I was really struggling with my mental health and I was just, I got to the breaking point where I was like, something needs to happen. I need to change something because I can't go on as I was. Um, So it's trying to find the support that you need to make those changes that you want to make and not to be made to feel guilty about it. Because it's in the end, it's your family, they're your children and you're only ever going to want to try and do the best for them. And I just think everyone has an opinion on everything. So, (laughs) and that's just so unfair.
0: What is it exactly that you do? Do you do sleep training? As in, what is sleep training? Like controlled crying? and No. No, what is it then? What is it? Well, (laughs) let me... Just... (laughs)
2: So I think it's up, there's such a broad spectrum of what it is. So I will help parents support them with their little one learning how to sleep independently through the night. So being able to sort of self-settle and fall asleep is, it's not always so easy for everyone to do it. And if you think about as an adult, because when I look at how I fall asleep, I will read a book. And then I have my pillow and I have a sleep story. And I have to be the right temperature because if I'm too hot or too cold, I'm not going to fall asleep. If there's too much light, it's not happening. So you have your little routine that you um, have worked out that helps you wind down after the busy day. And it's the same with children. It's helping them and supporting them with learning how to do that independently without. So like a big one normally is with babies is rocking them. Because you Mm -hmm. rock them, they fall asleep on you, and then they'll go into their deep sleep phase and then you put them down. And then if it's a nap, it might be a 30, 40 minutes later they're up, or at night, you know, maybe two, three hours later they're awake, because they've come out of that sort of the deep sleep phase into the light sleep phase. And now all of a sudden they're like, Oh wait, I've been put down. I'm not being rocked to sleep anymore. I'm not so they're looking for that same way that they have fallen asleep. So it's helping them. Learn how to fall asleep in a different way that's sort of a bit more like I like looking at helpful sleep habits because I think as mums you know and parents you just sort of sometimes fall into unhelpful sleep habits because you're so desperate to help your little one fall asleep it's such an innate thing as a mom just to go and help so you just do any and everything and I've supported parents who've ended up sleeping in the car or on the floor with their little one or on a chair in their room with them on them and then they'll put them in their their bed and hope they don't wake up so it's just sleep training is just finding a way of helping support them so you do get the different approaches so there is like the big cry out which I don't I don't feel comfortable with and it's something I would never ever recommend and that's the one where you literally close the door and you walk out and then you only yeah, go back I in the next day ever.
1: and it's I just trauma and the counselling 20 years later <laughs> <laughs> and it's exactly. just not something
2: yeah, and it's not something, you know, some people are happy with it and it's just I I can't leave a little one crying. So it's finding a, an approach that can help support them that you're constantly responding to their needs and helping them.
1: Like what is the middle ground then? So if there's the cry out and then, you know, the rocking where you have to, go to sleep i remember my brother having to stay in the room until baby was asleep um what is what is some like quick fire tips on what to do for the middle ground or is it just trial and error
2: so it's just it's working out what will best suit your little one's needs so sometimes it's um you can do if you've heard of the chair method or the fade out approach where you sort of stay in the room with them and home. kind of move, and kind of move yourself away from them slowly and sort of support oh, no, them I've heard
1: of that one what? where you just you stand you lie them down and you'll stand up next to the cot and then you'll just move slightly away, and they'll look back at you, but you're still in the room. Is that that one where you move further yeah, and that's further? That, yes, because it's diff- sort door. of the
2: chair shuffle and sort of fade out. You slowly, you sort of change your position through in the room as they get used to a new way of doing it. Um, and there's also sort of, there's the con- that's also known as the control crying the further method, where is you that do go therapy? with... Yes, it is. <laughs> Just- do you need to go and see? Do you mind if I quickly just go and check? No, go. No, no. They're downstairs. Thank you. I'll be
1: quick. <laughs> Nothing worse than when you're like, you can hear them crying.
0: Aww. Aww.
1: Do you, did you do any of that? <laughs> like when, I know Orcs has always been a brilliant sleeper. No hasn't. We course slept. Did you? Mm-hmm. So how did you get the transition between co sleeping to then? outstanding cot sleeper by himself um just pure damn luck
0: yeah <laughs> Got to, obviously when we'd put him in his own cot so he was like six months he used to go to sleep by himself mm-hmm. he used to be able to settle himself and but then he would always wake up like four or five in the morning mm-hmm. crying and stuff and then i was so tired that i would just bring him into bed with us and then it got to the point where like, I was really tired, mm-hmm. really, really tired. And I just thought, right, when he wakes up at four or five o'clock in the morning, I'm ignoring him. Not ignore. he was never crying. He was never like, ah, ah. He would like wake hysterical. up and he would like, chat on. He would just chatter on, yeah. And he'd be like, blah, 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 blah. It used to last for about half an hour. And I would watch him on the baby monitor for the first week or so. And he was absolutely fine. He would go back to sleep. So then when he started to wake up, I used to look, he'd be fine. And I used to think, right, I'm going back to sleep. And then he just started sleeping through. That's class. So I do just think it was, it was just luck,
1: but obviously that was... Well, no, because that's a form of sleep training, what you did. Yeah. Like, because Eva, she's always been like that, goes to bed fine, wakes up three, four, five, Uh um... But she's hysterical. If you're uh-huh. not in within a minute, and I just cannot, I cannot let her cry See, nah. to where if, she's if about Oak to vomit. been
0: hysterical, even if he'd been crying,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I wouldn't have been able to do it. But just because he, all he was doing was, like,
1: Yabbering babbling on. on. Well, Freddie used to do the same thing, and we used to bring him in our room and he'd fall back to sleep.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Eva, she'd just be kicking off, being like, kitchen the kitchen mm. like when do you want to go in there three o'clock four absolutely not like and then just be hell on hard and isn't forth. it so hard sorry but
2: <laughs> he's a bit he's ill so he's a bit um Aww. not himself at the moment
1: <laughs> is this the um, two-year-old
2: yeah the two-year-old the four year the almost four-year-old she's a bit more confident and a bit more sort of happy-go-lucky and um, because it's it's one of our neighbors who's kindly kindly sitting with her and she just loves uh-huh. an older girl whereas he's a bit more worried about it, so. <laughs> That's it.
1: But, yeah. no so we were just chatting about our um what we did because yeah yeah what were we saying beforehand <laughs> yeah yeah Can we talk about the different <laughs> methods yeah Um, we haven't had
0: any lunch yet (laughs) (laughs) but there must there must be so many different methods because every child is so different Mm. and what the need is so different so how how do you even start to give advice to someone like if someone comes to you and they're like i haven't slept through the night for years like, what? what is the first thing that you tell them to try or to do? So, Eva still doesn't sleep through the night. Well, no, she was up. At four so, what What does Kaylee need to do? How does Kaylee's two, two and a half now? Yeah. Two and a half year old. How do we make her sleep through the night?
2: So, I would look at how she. So, with any family I work with, I get they have to answer before we start anything, they do a big questionnaire. And then I just, it's a really in depth yeah. with their baby's sleep. And I just find out. Uh, Sort of everything I can. So, and one of the ones I'd be asking is, how do they fall asleep at night? And then I'd get you to talk through your
0: bedtime routine.
1: Dordy, we maybe get rid of this dummy. dummy. So, but if she's
0: falling asleep with the dummy and then she's not staying asleep with the dummy, why is the dummy the problem? I don't know. Why is this dummy the problem? Dordy, I I just know
2: with a dummy you can keep it just for sleep and Mm -hmm. as long as it's not where we are now
1: it's just sleep
2: yeah then I think then it's looking at actually is she putting it in back in her herself because if she's not putting it Mm -hmm. back in herself then do you actually need the dummy in sort of is that is it helping at all? Because I know with some children they've got loads of dummy space around and it they can put it back in themselves. So it's looking at mm-hmm. how else is she falling asleep and sort of around about her age, you can get one of those sleep clocks as well to help with the understanding of this is sleep time and this is wake up time. And you don't even need one of this expensive glow grow ones, literally just one that's sort of showing going to bed. Or waking up, so a really simple mm. one, and it's looking at how you're responding to her at night time. So when she is waking up, are you bringing her into her bed, the bed with you?
1: No, she just wants to go in the bloody kitchen at three o'clock in the morning for a cereal and toast, and I don't know what time does she go to bed? Um, seven o'clock now. It used to be six, but. But even if you put Eva to bed at 10 o'clock at night, you know, if you're on holiday or you're having a late Saturday night, she will always still get up early. She has been so much better, you know, quarter past six, like half past five. I can get away with that, but it's the ones where it's earlier and you're like, this needs to stop. Like, yeah.
2: Yeah. So it's just looking at how you're responding to it. So by taking her into the kitchen, you're almost feeding that habit of waking up at that Mm -hmm. time because if you're communicating and eating then naturally that's what she's going to expect to do when she wakes up then so it's looking at ways of let's not do this and sort of looking at different ways of supporting her to fall asleep and I also think like with little ones 6am is a normal wake-up time for Mm -hmm. them and some some people are really lucky where they have their little ones sleeping till 7 a.m., 8 a.m., but some, that just doesn't happen. <laughs> and with, with mine, it doesn't. Like, mine are both, by 6.30, they are both awake, and that's when our day mine starts. and that's really just better. how they are. So it's just He's making sure. you ready
1: for when the baby comes
2: <laughs> But they do, they sort of, if you look at their body clocks, they're awake... They tend to be sort of go to bed early, wake up early, um, which doesn't always, yeah. it's not always helpful as parents because bye-bye wake like lions during the weekend.
0: Yeah. So for, so for you, for mm-hmm. Kaylee for when Eve is waking up at four o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. right, and she, she wakes up and she cries. Yeah. Hysterical, like hysterical crying. Mm-hmm. If you didn't go in, She'd just get out of bed, yeah, yeah, and would she come into your room?
1: Yeah, smack you in the face, and then tell you that she wants (laughs) a breakfast.
0: Yeah, so then if you were to say,
1: "No, it's it's too early. uh We are not
0: going in the kitchen," Uh but you can lie in mum
1: and dad's bed. Uh What would happen? Sometimes she does go back to sleep. Uh Most of the time, it's an absolute no, and there's hell on. So how do I? Well, yeah, like.
2: So then it's just sort of sticking to your boundaries. If you're happy with her coming into your bed, then Mm -hmm. I do go sort of go with that. But if you're not happy with her coming into your bed, it's sort of taking her back to her bedroom, calming her down, helping her fall asleep the way she did at bedtime, and then just going out. Yeah, and then just keep going. What reader
1: a story then? Because we always read a story. No, so no No engagement engagement as possible.
2: Yeah, and you want to sort of go in. So you're you're meeting her need because she's woken up. So you're meeting her need of helping her fall asleep. But you don't want to engage her. So you don't want to do any. It's almost like a robot night mode. So you want to be very boring, very calm. You don't want her to sort of know that you're annoyed with her or happy, excited to see her. So it's just Mm -hmm. sort of you're meeting her need of being awake and helping her go back to sleep but not engaging her in anything. And you just keep going. It's all about being consistent and you keep taking her back to her bed and saying, it's sleepy time and putting her back in her bed, putting the dummy. And it's just, it's hard, particularly if they're strong-willed.
0: Mm-hmm. But it's, <laughs> yeah. it's... I feel like it would be a really hard few weeks, wouldn't it? A couple yeah. of weeks, potentially. But well, but but it won't even be... Maybe...
2: Word. It won't even be a couple of weeks. As long as you're consistent,
1: mm-hmm. it
2: should be. You should. There should be a big change within um, a couple of days. And like with her, you can also do the positive, a rewards chart, like a star, a sticker chart,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and saying, you know, having really easy goals that she's able to to reach, and sort of being able to get put her pajamas on. Right, that's a tick. Brushing her teeth, that's a star going to bed by herself or you know having reading a story that's the start and then the other one would be trying to stay in bed all night um mm-hmm. and you can even that can be a tiered approach so you can either say right if she stays in her bed but she shouts out for you or she stays in her bed all night then maybe that's three three star stickers for that but if yeah. she shouts out for you but she stays in her room that's two if she gets out of her room And comes to you but goes straight back, that's one. But then if that doesn't work, then that's none. So it's sort of making them really easy because with little ones, it's all about that positive reinforcement, and they love the praise that they get. So it's like making it you want them to enjoy it, you want them to be like, Oh yes, I'm gonna get my sticker, and then have them show it somewhere, and then at the end of the week, say they've got 80% or 70% of the stickers, what little reward. Can you give? I mean, with my daughter, we did it with the toothbrushes because she just refused to brush her teeth. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the rewards were those temporary tattoos, which she loved. Mm -hmm. And then you worked to a bigger one, which was, you know, maybe a sucker or like a sweet or something, something small, which she was so happy with. Mm -hmm. Um, So those even things don't need to be big. And then once they become a habit and routine, you slowly sort of take them away.
1: Okay. Well, thank you for this consultation. <laughs> is there a um, a specific age that you need to start sleep training your kids, or is can you just do it from newborn? So, um,
2: I sort of recommend around right about eighteen, nineteen weeks old that you can sort of start je- like helping with the sleep training, um, with them supporting with them falling asleep through the night. But with the newborn phase. And um, I really wish I had known this as a first time mum and even a second time mum. You can't spoil your baby with that newborn phase. And you just think they've been in their womb where all their needs have been met. You know, they've never they've never had to feel hungry, cold, a wet nappy, a dirty nappy or anything like that. And then all of a sudden they've come out evicted from their cozy comfortable place and now <laughs> they're in the real <laughs> they're in the real world and they're like oh but I'm cold I'm hungry I have what's this nappy kind like and it's so much they learning or they sort of have to experience so much so you you know cuddle your baby have all the contact naps you want as a newborn because yeah. when they get older it it stops, and there are things you can do. There's called the sleep shaping that you can kind of help, but I just feel they so they so little for so like a newborn for such a short phase. Try mm-hmm. and enjoy it. I mean, you're going to be yeah. sleep deprived anyway because they are going to wake up, and it's normal for a newborn to wake up at the night would because they're hungry.
0: The best bit of advice that anybody ever gave me when I had orcs. so. My little boy was six and a half weeks early. So he spent 11 or 12 days in neonatal. Um, And I remember the last, it was either two or three nights, I got to room in with him to obviously to make sure his feeds and everything were established during the night for him to come home. And I remember being so nervous for that first night, like Mm -hmm. that first night alone with a newborn as well and in hospital, Mm -hmm. like where i'd imagined bringing my baby home and like me and glenn being together and doing it together and i was so nervous and i feel like there's such a thing about like putting the baby down like getting the baby to sleep and putting the baby down yeah like especially from the older generation again like i just feel like people just expect you or want you to put the baby down all the time so I was getting Oaks to sleep and I was I was getting him to sleep and he was falling asleep and I was putting him down and he was waking up and he was crying and I was like oh my god like having to pick him up again and I was like what am I what am I doing wrong and I remember one of the nurses coming into the room to check on us Mm -hmm. and she was like is everything all right and I was like I just can't settle him like he's settling but then when I'm putting him down he's waking straight back up and she was just like that's your baby she was like cuddle him if he wants to be cuddled give him a cuddle she was like you don't have to put him down you don't have to put him straight down enjoy the cuddle she was like he's been without you
1: for the last
0: like during the night for the last like nine days or whatever it was and she was like don't let anyone tell you to put the baby down you cuddle that baby and i was like, okay. And I have cuddled my baby since. (laughs) I do think people need to hear that. Like they are only so small for so long. And I do feel like there is just a bit of a pressure to put the baby down. Mm. Like people see you with a baby asleep on you and they're like they're gonna get used to that. Yeah. And that's why they're not asleep, they're always in your your arms. Put the baby down. Yeah. You don't need to put the baby down, cuddle the baby to enjoy it.
2: And you think like when they're a newborn, they're so tiny and, you know, you you are all they know. Yeah. Because they've been been growing inside of you for, however, nine months, which for me felt so much longer than nine months. But it's just just cuddling them and just enjoying that. And I wish I had done that with both of mine. Just enjoy those cuddles. And that's how they fall asleep. And that's okay. You cannot spoil a newborn unless you love them too much, which I just don't think is how is that a bad thing really sort there's,
0: of how is it even possible to love a child too yeah, much Do you know, what, like... I
2: know. and like you have a, like also help with sleep like um don't be scared of using white noise for newborns as well because if you think in your womb there's always noise going on there's always it's not quiet and then all of a sudden you put them in a quiet space where they're not moving and you're like oh why like and they're like well what's this this is not this is not how i'm used to doing it so mm-hmm. you know try the white noise swaddle them as well and if someone's saying oh my baby doesn't like being swaddled it's like but have you really tried it because actually being Mm -hmm. like curled up and comforted like that that's how they were in your womb so
0: wasn't wasn't there a big thing once about swaddling babies as well like weren't you not supposed to swaddle them at one point because I remember thinking that I wasn't supposed to swaddle and seeing people saying, like, not to swaddle your baby. But then when Oaks was in neonatal, the nurses swaddled him. Mm-hmm. So then I brought him home and obviously I was swaddling. Mm-hmm. So it, isn't
1: swaddling the funniest thing to when, do, though? You, you look me. like a rat yeah. Yeah. making a fajita wrap. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Working then the arms are coming out and I'm like, how does the nurses do it so tight? And they just yeah, I, don't move. I, was a really I would good just swaddler, say,
2: yeah. yeah, if you're not buying, you get so many great swaddle, like sleep sacks that help with that. Just yeah. buy one of those. And it's swaddling. It's like when they start turning over, that's when you want to stop, stop swaddling. Yeah. But even at that point, you get great ones that you can get your arms out. So if they are starting to roll, just get a swaddle with arms and that's what we had and then yeah they could, with their rolling at least their arms are there but what swaddling does it stops those because the reflexes that they have that startle reflex yeah they do the it's little a normal startling. yeah it's a normal thing so the swaddling just stops them from waking themselves up as well and it's like comforting because if you th- like if you think about you're being given a hug it's you know if you like hugs it's a comforting feeling being like squashed and like helped <laughs> <laughs> okay. no, not I'm, like... <laughs> I'm
1: not. <laughs> so um sleep regression. Is this a myth or is this true? True or false that every child well, will go through sleep regression?
2: I think it depends on how you define it. Because I like thinking of them of them as developmental leaps so Mm -hmm. it's when it's the phases that their brains are going through an incredible change and like learning things so there's usually that four month sleep regression but actually that's them just learning their sleep cycle is maturing at that point so therefore it's harder for them to sort of fall asleep the the way they did before because it's looking more it looks more like ours Um, Mm -hmm. and that for me, it's a developmental, leap because their brain is growing, or when they start, whenever something starts happening, when they start learning to walk or roll or um, stand up, that's when you can see sort of uh, it starts impacting their sleep, and that's because their brain is going at a hundred miles of hour, at hundred miles an hour, trying to master this skill. So one thing you can do is during the day give them as much opportunity to do it. So if they're learning to roll during the day help them practice so they're kind of getting it all out their system a bit quicker and then as long as you're being consistent in how you're responding they shouldn't these those sort of sleep regressions shouldn't become a big issue it's sort of when you become it's when you develop a bad sleep uh, unhelpful sleep habit not bad an unhelpful sleep habit so where it's happening and then you start rocking them back to sleep and then once they've sort of Learn and mastered their skill. They're so used to being rocked to sleep that they can't do it how they did it before. So mm-hmm. it's it's being consistent within your response and giving them the help and support that they need, but sort of giving them just the right amount. Because if you give too much, you're going to form an unhelpful sleep habit. If you don't give enough, then it's sort of not meeting those immediate needs. So it's all it's a constant juggling act with everything in parenting it's figuring out what works best for your little one so it's mm-hmm. really being in tune with them and their needs and what they need at that time
1: So what role do you think um iPads and TV screen time has on on the child's sleep habits is that a thing or
2: Yeah, so if you think about the blue light, the screens, that blue light is very stimulating. So um, even as adults, if you're in a bright, brightly lit light, you're going to be awake, you know, because it's telling you, your brain is telling you you need to wake up. And it's the same with the screens. So your brain is going into overdrive because it's being stimulated. So I would recommend about two hours, if you can't do two hours, an hour before bedtime having no screens. Mm -hmm. Because then it just helps them to kind of calm down and slow down. And then also just look at what they're watching. So I think there's some great stuff out there that you sort of, that can be really educational and kind of help your little one. But if they're watching um, like a superhero one where there's lots of kicking and fighting and then afterwards they're hyper because they're doing the kicking and the fighting as well and acting what they've just seen, that's not going to help you. With the bedtime, so it's also looking at what they're watching, and um, sort of so just before bed, uh, you know, just more calming things, particularly if they're sensitive to it. But if you've got a little one who isn't, who it doesn't impact them that much, then you can kind of it's fine, I suppose. But it's mm-hmm. nothing at least an hour before, no like no iPads, no screens an hour before they go to bed, look at other activities like reading, puzzle building, drawing, or if they need to like burn off that final bit of energy, how can you, you know, have a dance party or something like that? Freddie in the
1: garden. (laughs) Freddie goes in the garden. Just just, just no matter what the weather. Whatever the weather. Like we always watch a little bit of telly after the bath. Mm -hmm. And then I go and take Eva into her bed, read stories. And Freddie goes into his room and he loves doing crafts so he's either reading or doing some crafts but if he is climbing the walls with energy I'm like go in the garden and he just runs about runs about goes on the swing goes on his little climbing thing and then like because we live in a bungalow I can see him as I'm doing bedtime um or if Dale's in or what have you and then I'll put Eva down and she goes down lovely and then I'm like Freddie in and then He's normally a lot calmer oh, when he has five minutes outside.
2: But that's a great way because you're giving him a chance to move his body in a way that he needs it. He needs to move it. And, you know, mm. sometimes they just have a burst of energy that you just, like, right, go, get rid of it. And then when you come back, they calmer because it's been released. So it's looking mm. at what works for you, um, which is the same with bedtime routines. It's looking at a routine that works for you. And I would... The one thing I would say is to start it at roughly the same time every single day. So mm-hmm. Monday to Sunday, even weekends, having that consistent bedtime routine because as your your body, your little one's body, and even your body, if you struggle, as an adult, if you're struggling with sleep, I would say have a consistent bedtime as well because it's helping your body know, oh, right, this is now time for me to start winding down. This is my sleep time because they our Bodies like to know, like, have a routine and know what's happening. Um, so just having a consistent bedtime at the same time every night and a bedtime routine with the same steps in every night just can really help sort of your body know it's time to wind down and go to bed.
1: Well, I think this chat has been so informative, even if it was just for me. But <laughs> if anybody is struggling or wants some more information, please get in touch with me. She is an absolute wizard, as we can see from this chat that we've had um and I'm just so grateful. thank you so much for coming on. um We will put all of the Instagram handles and everything in the bio for everybody to in the description, so everyone can just click on and send you some messages. But thank you so much for coming on.
2: No, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciated it. And yeah, if anyone has any questions, I hang out on Instagram mainly. So just, you know, DM me and ask. I'd love love to help people and sort of answer the questions and sort of help everyone celebrate sleep again. Because I remember before I had children, how great I used to love sleeping. And then obviously as a parent, it changes quite a lot. I love
0: sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Like I just love sleep so much. Like I live for my sleep. I'm dreading newborn days again.
1: <laughs>
0: like I I am. I hate me sleepy and disturbed. Oh, it's going to be. I know.
1: So, Mia, yeah, thank you so much. Thank you so, so much.